Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you have to be listening to us. It's Great Wide World brought together by the internet. Last week, you guys do a podcast. Are back as the NCAA's about ready to give us their final four, and it's been a shocking final four to say the least. Again, I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown. We're doing things a little different. Uh, we're eventually we are progressing to the point where we can do live video for these. For these podcast episodes, we're getting there. We're not there yet. We're getting there. We're taking steps slowly, surely, progressing, plodding along, but we're getting there. And this, and today, even though it doesn't sound like it, is actually a step in the right direction because the three of us have gathered on Zoom. Uh, again, this is still an audio feed on a uh, recording, so this won't reflect it. But like I said, we're getting there. And again, this is a step, and it's so far, it looks like it's going to work. So. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring in things a little more as we progress along. Again, talking the Final Four, uh, Daniel, I believe you said going into this tournament, we have no idea who's going to come out of it. And you have been proved correctly. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, no one would have thought those two. You might get one or two if you're lucky and the drugs were good, but no way would you have gotten both. And now on the other side of the draw, it's UConn and the winner of this Texas-Miami game. Although Texas, the Horns have a, have a dozen-point lead with about 11 minutes to go. So they're looking really good to get that final four slot. But again, Florida Atlantic and the Aztecs, who would have thought? I mean, I don't mind. I mean, getting one, getting one Cinderella is good. Getting two, that's something completely unexpected. And you know what? And when we talk about Cinderella's, we're not talking about the Kansases and the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the North Carolinas. The Blue Bloods. Those are the teams that are normally in it, right? Yeah, right. The, the, the powerhouse programs that are in there. This time, guys, it's San Diego State out of the Mountain West. Florida Atlantic out of uh, what, what conference? I think it's Conference USA. That was the North Conference. They are. They're Conference USA, but they'll be in the American next season. Uh, so, what a way to have that. UConn, of course, you know, we're used to UConn being there. And, and then Texas, a Big 12 power school, but they've never been to this point before. So, it's just kind of it's, it's just kind of a weird thing. I'm not trying to count Miami out or anything, but, but Texas is out is up by a dozen. So, listen, it's, it's just, it's been a weird season, right? And it's been a weird year, and that's why we're getting it, and that's why we're getting what we're getting now. We have a nine seed, a five seed, a possible two seed, and a four seed that's going. Notice, I did not say a number one seed. For the first time since seeding beginning in 1979, no number one seeds made it past the Elite Eight. That is, I've never seen that before, but guess what? The kind of season that we had with a lot of number ones going down with just about Everybody who became the number one team in the country lost. Okay, nobody was able to hold that spot or that position because the week that they got it, they lost it. You know, so that's what the, this tournament has done. It has depicted the season that we have now, and it's rightfully so that Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, and UConn are in the final four. Exactly, and uh, do you, do you know Daniel? Who the all-time leading assist leader for San Diego State is? 
don't. Uh, well, you know, he did. He he is a notable name, but in another sport, Tony Gwynn is the all-time leader in assists for oh, San Diego wow. State. Wow, Tony Gwynn, five hundred and ninety assists. I thought it might have been somebody like Marshall Falk or somebody, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But Tony Gwynn, one of the greatest hitters, rest his soul, one of the greatest hitters of all time. I would pick him any day to get me on base. <laughs> if I needed to score a run, I'd pick him any day to get me on base. He, the art of hitting, the, I mean, you listen, Ted Williams under, understood the art of hitting, but Tony Gwynn, man. Yeah, he perfected I, I mean, it. It was a shame that he almost batted 380. Yeah, he perfected it. He didn't bat 400 in his career, but it, he came close one year. Yeah. Came, I think that was the year they went to the World Series in 98, I believe, or 99. In one of those years where they had to play the Yankees. Yeah, and they got when, swept that, that year. That was the year where he was just phenomenal. And they got swept that year. And, man, that's phenomenal. Wow, he is the all-time leader at San Diego State in this Yes. So he was a great basketball player, too. Yes. Uh, Leon, we're having a, hopefully we're having some issues with your internet, but I think you're here now. Uh, what, are, what are your opinion about this crazy, crazy NCAA tournament we've seen? Uh all right, we're still having some issues with Leon's connection. Uh, I know um, we were, it's been kind of going in and out. Leon, you got us? Well, it was, all right, apparently Leon lost connection. Hopefully we'll try to get him back. Uh, so again, yeah, it's it's been absolutely nuts that Florida Atlantic, of all teams, was able to get, was able to get in to this turn, to, to the Sweet Six, to the Final Four. I'm hearing things from Leon's end. All right, Leon, I hear you. You're coming through fine. Your your voice is coming through, um, but I don't know if you can't hear us. Um, so we're just gonna see if we if uh, we can get this thing coming in. Uh, I hope that's gonna do it. So Leon, uh, again, we can hear you, Leon. So if you just say something, and all right. So again, Leon's Leon's having a little bit of issues with his connectivity. So we haven't quite gotten the bugs worked out, but we are getting there. And, right. And I apologize to our listeners, and hopefully we'll be able to get Leon back on later on. So yeah, I mean, yeah. It the, and the funny thing about this is there were so many number ones, and the preseason number one, North Carolina, basically took their toys and went home. Uh, because they did, they thought the NIT was below them. So it, and that's and that's kind of the reason why things have just gotten so gosh darn nuts. And parody, I I, I really do believe that this is the kind of this is the kind of tournament that maybe they, uh, that maybe people who really love college basketball want to see where anyone and I mean anyone can advance. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last night. Yeah. This is what you want. Mm-hmm. That's I, so. Last night, UConn and Gonzaga from Las Vegas. I watched most of that game, and Gonzaga just could not do much. Uh, Timmy was knocked was knocked off of his game. Uh, they couldn't shoot from outside. UCLA completely dominated on underneath. Got all the rebounds, and really, they made Gonzaga one dimensional. I mean, not UCLA, UConn. UConn did that. And uh, they're in the Final Four now for the first time since uh, Jim Calhoun, really. And, the, and depending yeah. on what they uh, show, 
depending on what Texas looks like, I got to believe that maybe UConn might be the favorite going into this Final Four. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I, I was telling my father-in-law that earlier today that UConn, to me, looked like the best team out of the four. And, and what I would love to see is a UConn-San Diego State final. That's a, that's going to be a, a very physical final. But I'm, I'm okay with Florida, Atlantic, Miami, I'm all, or, or Texas. I'm okay with, with all of that. But let's, let's go back to that Gonzaga game last night. John, I watched all of that game. And it's just the show. I believe that when the Elite Eight started, it was to my belief that Gonzaga was the most complete team. They were the better team. They were the most experienced team, I guess you could say, with Drew and Timmy mm-hmm. there. But it got to a point where you had to shut Timmy down. And UConn, UConn just played. UConn pulled a Buster Douglas. They, they, they basically fought a perfect fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you might will beat Mike Tyson a uh, 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 hundred times. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Tyson will probably beat you a hundred times, but it's going to be that one night that's just just going to take everything away. I, I thought UConn they showed where they picked. They, they kind of picked up from where they left off. They're the hottest team at this point. They, they won 14 out of 15, I believe it is, and just came into the NCAA tournament, they're really the only team that has not kept anything close. They are beating opponents by an average of 21 in this tournament. So they are they are skilled. They are deep. They don't make mistakes. They, and if they do make mistakes, and if they force a mistake or two, what's going to happen is they're going to go on a run. Okay. Zaga was down by only four at one point, and then a three-point shot. At, at the end of the half, put them put them down seven. And now then has came back. And then gets, and, and then UConn started the second half with on a seven zero run. So before Gonzaga had any chance to uh, do anything, they were down a dozen, and that pretty much took them out of the whole game. The route was on. Uh, Leon, I think Leon is back in the Zoom room. I think I, we're going to go to him. Let's see if his uh, microphone and audio are, are working. Yeah, I think we got you. Good. Yeah, we're good. We got you now. Okay, uh, so your fi- your uh, thoughts about the fi- the Elite Eight games and our Final Four, specifically Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Yeah, um, I kind of first let me say that San Diego State is my mother's alma mater. Oh. So nice. this yeah, this, this is kind of close to home. First time in my lifetime that San Diego State, I, first time ever. So definitely within my lifetime that San Jose State has been to the Final Four. This is the best I've seen San Jose State since we've had Kawhi Leonard way back in 2010. And, you know, so for us to go against Florida Atlantic, which is a very unlikely team, it's like my my, my, my bracket has been destroyed in a good way. Yes. Join in with the crowd. I, yeah, like I said, well, after that first weekend, no one had a perfect bracket. And Right. That's right. I forgot Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard went to attended San Diego State. Yeah, um, I, I would say that you know, granted, you know, this is competition sports and everything, but mm-hmm. I, I, if you guys discuss Gonzaga, I am very disappointed in how Gonzaga went out to get beat to a pulp that horribly in Elite Eight. 
just kind of validated and verified UConn as as one of the because you know UConn I think I I don't think Fort Atlanta has that many appearances in the Final Four. I know uh, San Jose has zero appearances in the Final Four, so UConn is like the incumbent. You know, I think they're 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 there with like eight. They've had like eight appearances in the Final Four, I believe. So I think they have the most momentum going into the Final Four, which leads to the reason why I'm so disappointed in Gonzaga because with that beatdown that they suffered, you gave UConn all the momentum going into the Final Four to a certain degree. And I believe they're going to play the winner between Miami and Texas. Correct. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I, honestly, I honestly so, I would kind I kind of wish that we would have had a uh, established team either Texas or UConn against the FAU and the San Diego State in the semifinal bracket, uh, just so that once we get to the final four, um, we would either have Miami, my, um, I'm sorry, Texas against UConn. Because as it is right now, either San Diego State or Florida Atlantic will be playing for a national title. You're going to get one of them. One of them will be going in that game, and they'll be up and they'll be the decided underdog. Against although Texas, I mean, as Daniel mentioned earlier, don't count out the Canes. They're now down by six with eight minutes left, so they are definitely back in this one. So don't you know? Don't let don't uh, don't ignore the Hurricanes. Um, so you know, I, I kind of wish we would have had a either a chance for San Diego State and Florida Atlantic to play in the national title because that would be absolutely incredible if that would happen, but. Like I said, we're we're only going to get that for the uh, for the semifinals. So anyway, well, here's the here's the thing too. Uh, the, what I want to mention, I, I want to mention something that Leon said about Gonzaga and being disappointed in Gonzaga. Let me let me kind of back that disappointment up a little bit, Leon, because if you saw that game, and, and I did. Gonzaga was completely defeated. Like, in, in this tournament, when things go right, things go right. When things go wrong, look at Gonzaga, okay? <laughs> Everything that they tried went completely wrong. And it, and it wasn't because they're a bad basketball team. Listen, they're not there for, for no reason, okay? They got to the Elite Eight. They, they got to the regional final and... and was probably presumably the favorite because they had been there so many times. Correct. But UConn just did everything right. I, I think this is more so about praising UConn than me being disappointed in Gonzaga. Look, Drew Timmy in the last in the last game, he had to pull one out. They had a tough one against UCLA. That was probably going to be their toughest opponent until they got UConn. They were down in that game, and, and Timmy needed every single point. He had 36 in that one, and, and he, he's probably one of the best that comes I mean, I'm, he's one of the best. Is he the best? Eh, I don't know. You know, you had Adam Morris, and, you know, you, you've got other guys that have played at Gonzaga, John Stockton. You've got guys who played there. But, man, the, the year that Gonzaga had, it, it, it was a phenomenal year. I think UConn just showed us they, they put I think they put the, the rest the, uh, whoever the other three teams are going to be he put them on notice put Florida Atlantic on notice they put the winner of this game on notice uh, Miami Texas and they're definitely put San Diego State on notice 
And, and San Diego State can have an argument about that. I think all the, the, the three teams that are left right now, I think they're all have something different that's going on. Like San Diego State, for example, Brian Ducci, who was uh, who was instrumental in getting the Fab Five together in Michigan. He was Steve Fisher's assistant. Mm. He was Steve Fisher's assistant at San Diego State. He took Steve, Steve Fisher's place. Mm. And then you got Florida Atlantic. When you have a team that believes, Florida Atlantic <coughs> is that team that believes, and they are dangerous. That is that is a dangerous team who has nothing to play for but a national title, and, and that's dangerous. UConn is just scary good. Right now, they're too balanced. They can beat you one through 12. And, and Texas, well, if I had to say Texas, Texas is also balanced. And Miami can shoot the, foot, uh, the basketball, football. I mean, they're, they're school, right? Right. And so to your point about Florida Atlantic, Leon, uh, Florida Atlantic just won their first NCAA tournament game this season. Yeah. So we're so we're, we're, it, 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 it could have went when I kind of see where John was coming from. We could have had a Cinderella national championship. Yeah. And it would have been okay. It would have been But it went to When, like, you would say about like, the type of year that Gonzaga had, the type of run they had, which was a great run. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. not a. They didn't have, and, like, overall, their run in the NCAA championship and the term was not disappointing. It just said, with the type of run that they had, and the type of game mm-hmm. they had against UCLA. Mm-hmm. When you get to the late, for you to get to the elite eight against a team like UConn, and your starters score a combined 33 points. Mm. You know, it's, ah, uh, you know, that's, that's a part I, I tell you like, another thing. I, I tell you another thing about that. Timmy was in foul trouble. Yes, he, he was. three fouls already. At the break, so he was in foul trouble. And when your best player and when your emotional leader is on the bench, he's not out there riding with you. Sometimes that could just shift the game over a little bit too. But Gonzaga couldn't find anything; they needed help, and and they couldn't find it. You had to preserve Timmy. As soon as he got back in the game, he picked up his fourth foul. Yeah, almost immediately he went and he went right in to get try to get a charge and um or get a blocking foul, and the officials rolled a charge against him. And, yep. and Hickman just seemed to be over his head. He just didn't over his head, it seemed like. No, we're, we're looking at it. Out of all the, start, out of all the starters, they could have used. He didn't score any points. It's like, mm. this is UConn just dominates them defensively, you know, and, and offensively. It was just a mismatch off. Oh. But I said they still had a pretty great, they had a great run. I just I just thought to get but the way like, it went. Yeah, if you lose by 32, and, and you're like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> but to your <laughs> argument, I. I'll I, I put it this way to your argument. I take you back, and I just watched this game on Thursday. I take you back to 1990. And even though UNLV was better that year, the running Rebels were better with Stacey Alden, Larry Johnson. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, that, that team was great, but Duke was yeah. coming. Duke had Leitner and they had Early. They, and, they just got, and they got beat by 30. They got Duke beat them, lost to them by 30 points. But you go back to Duke's national championship against Michigan. Michigan, the Fab Five. That, you know, they were expected to do something that year. And they got beat by an insurmountable amount of points. So, you know, it, it just all depends. Like, it just depends on the... Even Gonzaga. 
Gonzaga was unbeaten just what two years ago? Two or three years ago, they were unbeaten, and they ran up and Baylor just came in and smacked them clean in the mouth, and and I mean just beat them up, just beat them up physically, and it was that game was one of the hardest college basketball games to watch because it was so physical, and Gonzaga just took, they had no answer for the physicality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, you, know, you get that's no, that's what they ahead. say. You know, you get punched in the mouth. How do you respond? Do you punch back, or do you just, or do you just kind of fold? And that's what Gonzaga did. They just folded and allowed UConn to kind of shoot the lights out. The only good news is they're in Las Vegas, so at least they can find some way to uh, drown their tears of sorrow before heading on the heading back to Spokane uh, on that next plane. And Miami has cut the deficit to two with six minutes to go. So the Haynes. They're not dead yet. They, you know, they surmounted that 12-point lead that Texas, soon to be in the SEC, put on them. And now here they are coming back. And actually, now they got the ball and they got a chance to tie in this one. So uh, the thing, again, UConn, highest seed remaining. Uh, again, no one seeds are no one seeds will make it. Uh, we got a nine seed, as you, you were talking about that earlier. Oh, nice give and go for, to tie it up. Nice give and go, yes. So, well, it's Texas that's the highest seed remaining. They're a two. Yeah, they are a two, right. They are right. a two seed. So, what would you call? Would you call a three? Yeah. You call was a four. three. Okay. All right. UConn. UConn. Yeah. It's just that UConn has put the beat by Dre on, like, I know at least two teams. And they come in, they're, 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 they're stopping people out. Yeah, they're stopping people out. Four. 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 Yeah. Four. Yeah. Every opponent that they played against. They've beaten them by 20 plus points. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I, when they didn't pick and stock it, oh, if, if my yeah, it's not a shocking thing to me. No. Sorry, I didn't want to see that. So I they just quit losing. If someone stopped these guys, but if my team is sitting at the championship, I don't want to, I don't want to play you guys. I don't want to say you to play you guys. <laughs> well, I don't think you have a choice there, Leon. <laughs> they, like they, they like they might win. Uh, you can I mean, Everybody who's betting, if San Diego State wins the national championship, there will be a glory road part two made, <laughs> especially beating UConn. It's going to be a movie yeah. being made about this in the future. Oh, yes. Please believe that. Oh, no question. First team, first time making to the final four, first time making the national championship, beating a juggernaut traditional powerhouse like UConn. I'm going to watch that. That's going to be bigger than Rudy. That's going to be bigger than Rudy. Hey, you know what? I want to bring up something else interesting uh, about this tournament. Out of all the games and all the upsets and, and this, that, and the fourth that we've seen, do y'all know that we only had one overtime game the entire tournament? Wow. One overtime game. And that was Michigan State and Kansas State. Yep. That's amazing. Oh, okay. We kind of got a. Oh, yeah. All right. So here's what we got. Um, yeah, that is that's kind of interesting that we got that. And Leon has accidentally muted his mic, so we're gonna wait for Leon to get to do that. There we go. Let's punch that button. Whoops. That's the button I wanted. To, oh, and Leon dropped out. Okay, we'll get Leon back in a moment. Uh so yeah, that yeah, it, that. That's impressive. Really is impressive that, that that has happened. I don't want to do that. I do want to do this. 
Yeah. So you look at that, Daniel, again, Connecticut, 43 to 22 was the second half total in that game with Gonzaga. Is it So UConn is a team that definitely was just kind of, once they got going, once they got the momentum, once they got their groove going, it was almost impossible to stop them in that one. And I think, actually, I think I'm looking it up here. Uh, I think I think UConn will, well, it doesn't say, well, I'll find it here somewhere uh, regarding okay. regarding that. Um, okay, maybe that's what I want. But but again, if you, once UConn gets rolling, they're going to be tough to stop. The, the Okay, there he is. Let's get Leon back in here. Hopefully Leon is back. Yeah, you look at, yeah, you look at that. 87-63 over Iona, 70-55 over St. Mary's. That St. Mary's game, arguably the closest yep. of the bunch. 88-65 over Arkansas and 82-54 over Gonzaga. And what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to stop Sonogo. Whoever they play is going to somehow have to stop Sonogo. He's led the team in rebounds this entire tournament, and he is definitely playing certainly on another level. Yeah, Sonogo has been great, and and not just with his scoring. And like you said, John, his ability to rebound the basketball and his ability to actually pass it out. And he's a great, he's an exceptional passer when he's in the post area too. And that's what I've been phenomenal with, man. If if, if anybody has a center, and I know Florida Atlanta has that big, that has been uh, tremendous for them all season. That looks like that could be a good matchup if they for the national title game. I still can't believe I'm thinking that Florida Atlantic could be in the national title game in basketball. Right. But that's it, it's something else. It's phenomenal to see. But yes, Nogo, man, he's been incredible. He, it, it, he's, he's not the sole reason because that team is too balanced to have a sole reason for any, for them being where they are. But he is an, he is an intriguing reason and he is uh, probably one of the more important because he does so much damage in the paint and around the rim mm-hmm. that he's been able to affect the basketball game, each basketball game that he's played in this tournament. Yeah, so again... Yeah, it's, but, it's, but also, you know, you have a no-go team that was those two wings with Jordan Hawkins and Andrew and Andre Jackson. That's a... Yes. Yeah, that kind of makes it, it, it kind of makes it almost unfair. And that's why they keep, that's, that's why they're toughing everybody out. Yep. Like, man. So, and, 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 and kudos to the coach for, for taking that firepower and actually making it work. Because, like I said, we, we've discussed great teams of, um, like you said, the UNLV from 1990s and the Fab Five, but though they, 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 they had great Run, they were stopped. UConn looks like they put it together, and even we can go back to the 2009 Kentucky Wildcats that had six mm-hmm. guys go to the go to the NBA. Yeah, they, they were stopped. You know, so these guys who, who they put it together, they look like they, it, from what it looks like thus far. Coach Hurley has to work to the point where they may not get stopped. Right, didn't 
Well, I think they might be a problem. Well, again, Texas and Miami, they are the, um, they are, that is who UConn will face in the semifinal round. And that's, I mean, the thing I don't like, the thing that I find interesting is that if UConn does beat either Texas or Miami, if they do defeat that, and if they do beat the Texas or Miami, and if they beat them badly, then this national championship game, I'm just worried that the national championship game will be absolutely devoid of drama. That's that's my concern. If we're looking at UConn against either San Diego State or Florida Atlantic, people are going to be like, okay, the only drama going into this game is will UConn win by less than 20 or more than 20? That's my that's my feeling about that. You know, I I don't want this national championship game to be a simple coronation. And I think that and I think the, the thing of it is once you get these Florida Atlantics or San Diego States, once one of them gets into the national title, all right, gotta get Leon back in. Uh, once one of them gets into this game, it's almost like, okay, a coronation. And if one of these teams can defeat UConn in the semifinal, in the semifinals, in the final four, then maybe you're going to have that that semblance of questioning whether or not one, whether or not it's going to win. Um, and I, like I said, I just want a game that has a little bit of drama to it. I want a game that people are going to look at and say, okay, UConn, who is just been so dominant this tournament. If they get into that final four, if they get into the national championship game, it's going to be almost kind of like, okay, well, it's a coronation. Uh, they're going to win. I don't, you know, I just want to see, I just want to see a game, really. I think we'll get one. We, we, we should get one. Okay. Um, hopefully. <laughs> but the way, I mean, the way it looks right now, May not be the case. You know, I'm, I'm hope you know that's what, like that's why uh, it, it goes back to my conversation. I was hoping it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, it looks like Miami. I think Miami it looks like going to this Miami Texas game. Miami has got all the momentum. Uh, I am looking at Texas. They're forcing shots when they get down to the court. They're not taking smart ones. They're they're just putting them up from beyond the arc. Uh, that that last layup they got to tie the ball game that was a good one. But that was only because they were able to get the offensive rebound and was able to uh, penetrate and find an open lane in. And the person was trying to get a foul, but somehow managed to get the uh, shot to fall. It's Miami now up by two with two sixteen remaining. Texas has got to get back in control. They got to start playing with a little more uh, patience. Yes, you are down two, but it's a one possession game. Two minutes left. That is an eternity in college basketball. You cannot commit bad turnovers, which they just did throwing the ball away and giving Miami a chance to make it a two-possession game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that's true. You know, I, I, you know I'm not going to be uh, on the broadcast, on the, uh, on the podcast next week, be on the cruise. Yeah, congr- so uh, congratulations. I, Hope I you have a good time. My, yeah, thank you. Uh, I do want to make my final four prediction of – Right now, uh, it's like I mentioned earlier. I think Florida Atlantic is is a story. 
and they believe. And nobody's ever given them a reason not to, right? Especially the ones around them in that locker room. But San, but San Diego State, man, I tell you what, the defense that they play, they're only allowing, uh, I believe it's 57 a game right now. But they they are just – and only allowing uh, teams to shoot 32% from the floor. They are really just – their defense is smothering. And I, I really believe that defense can win these kind of games. I think San Diego State will go to the championship game. And I I, I don't think it really matters on who Texas and my out of who comes out between Texas and Miami. Um, I, I think UConn keeps this thing rolling here. I think it'll be San Diego State and UConn in the championship. And, and every time UConn steps in, it doesn't matter if it's Kevin Ali coaching them. They, they step in and they just know how to step up their, their game in that national championship. The, the, the run that they've been on, I can't go against them yet. Uh, I, I'm going to go UConn beating San Diego State. However, I think that San Diego State is going to make them play a style of basketball and make them have to make shots at the end of the game. They haven't been able to have – they haven't had to do that. They've been spoiled all tournament. And so I, I think San Diego State is going to make it close, but I think UConn is going to be our next national champion. I, I as, as yeah I agree I think I think it'll be very tough to beat to argue against UConn especially with what they've done in this tournament it's gonna be all it's gonna be very tough to to argue against them San Diego State has had a great run as you say great defense beating Creighton by a point uh, to make to get into that game with uh, to get into the uh, Elite Eight or the Final Four I'm sorry. And um, yeah, I, I really do. I really do think that judging what we saw against UConn, because it's not so much UConn doing it against you know the higher seeds in the tournament. They're doing it against good teams. They're doing it against Gonzaga. They did it against Arkansas. Good name teams, and that is that's yeah. very impressive with what they've been able to do. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that's that, so, that sounds that sounds good. And that's why I'm going to make the argument. It's no in the world. I'm not going to be able to say. I'm just, it's, I, you know, the the, the logic <laughs> it, it, the logic is not on my side. I understand. The yeah. Logic is not on my. It's not. It's not even on my side. There's no. I I am intellectually bankrupt on why I would pick single state. You know. Do I have the evidence? Yes, I have all the evidence in the world that points that the that the that the perpetrator will be UConn, right? All the evidence points to this, right? You look you look at the margin of victory. Yep. You look at the way they've come in like juggernauts and you know, put the people's elbow on great teams like John just just explained, right? But at the same time, I'm campaigning for the movie. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a movie this is going to be epic. I believe San Jose State will be able to beat Florida. I think the defense that San Jose State brings to the table, they're going to stop Florida. They're going to do that. Well, the thing with San another thing with San Jose State is they are the only team in this in who's left who has not beaten a seed 
higher than them. They have beaten a 12 seed. Okay. They've beaten a 13 seed. Because remember, they beat Furman after Furman knocked out Virginia. And they beat Creighton after Creighton knocked yeah. out Baylor. So they are so they've been feasting on yeah. what uh, on the upsets of others. They are the they are the carrion of the NCAA tournament. They are the vultures. Yeah, San Diego State. Yeah, they beat a six seed, they beat a thirteen seed, and they beat a twelve seed. And you look yeah. at and, and the only high seed that they beat, they beat Alabama to get to where they are in the, to, to get. The oh, you're right. You're right. They did beat Alabama. You're right. I, I, okay, I see it there. Yeah, Alabama, which was the number one overall seed. Yeah. And beat them in the way Brandon Miller was playing. Right. But, but again, Alabama, Alabama found a way to set them down. But not only that, it seems like Alabama's got that Brandon Miller, that whole situation just an albatross that was uh, that was uh, over Brandon Miller's neck at Alabama. And I think maybe that whole situation dragged them down a little bit. Uh, I, I agree with that. So you got to understand that Alabama lost the game in Central State and put the on them. I think Central State just came through and you know they 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 they, they threw the poles. Well, they I mean oh, look they won the they won the game. I mean you got to give them credit for that. They won they won the game. Alabama Alabama's not going over. We got a lot going on there. Oh no question. And you look at Alabama. Nick Saban is starting to worry that this whole situation is going to. Uh, Start to bleed into his football program, and when Coach Saban is worried, that's when the that's when you feel a disturbance in the force. Right, that's true. Yes, so Nick Saban is. That's true. But, you know, give, give, give San Diego State their flowers, man. I think, yeah, I, I, I think they were just a better team that night when they beat Alabama. And and it's rightfully so. Like like we mentioned uh, earlier in the broadcast. Look, we don't know who was gonna. We didn't. This was the year that a sixteen should have beaten a one. Mm-hmm. And it happened. Yep. Yeah. But we're gonna need great defense. We're, we're gonna need great defense. For, I, I don't want to look past running letters. You know, I don't. But we're gonna need. We're, we're gonna need for that. For, for that great defense to show up, for hope they could go, hope you know, I'm hoping to see di- di- like like different teams ready to put in off the zone, do some man to man. If we if, if we could beat, I'm gonna be very confident if we could beat Florida Atlantic by going straight man to man. If we could man to man these guys and keep them under 57 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, we could, yeah, that that'd be huge. That'd be huge and. I know we don't want to go experimental on it right there, but San Jose has a great man-to-man team. All right. I, I like their chances. And I said, if we could, if we could play you, if we could something, we got to look at too. Like if you look at in, in the tradition of professional sports, we've seen offensive dominated dominating teams like the New England Patriots, uh, who are who who go who go who are sixteen and zero, but then they go against a defensive powerhouse. Like the New York Giants, and get everything they were looking for. Right. So we we've seen we've seen great offensive teams go against that defensive juggernaut and fold. And so, my, 
Miami has increased their lead to six with 17 seconds remaining. So it looks like it will be the Canes against UConn in the Final Four next week yeah. in Houston. And they said we never, and you know, I said we're 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 just steady picking UConn. I mean, this is March Madness, everybody. And this, yeah, stranger right. things. That's true. Stranger that's true. Yeah. This, yeah. If this yeah. is the, we, we just, we, we're playing the eye test like we did at the beginning of the uh, of the tournament. Like the eye test for me was that Alabama was the best team in the country going into the tournament. They were the highest team, but. You, you, you really can't use your senses at all with this thing because this has just been outrageous. You have to, you actually have to use your imagination when you're if you're picking this final four. Right. I mean, man, who would have ever thought that it would be Miami, UConn, Florida Atlantic, and San Diego State in a final four? That's just that that's using your imagination, and that's just that's that's getting uh someone who has no idea. Not watch college sports or doesn't watch sports forever. It's like it some. It takes for them to pick that team because they love owls. It's like it's, it's like someone them. let their octopus do the picking for them. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, the for 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 the casual fan, the, the casual fan is going to roll with Miami. Right. For obvious, I, mean, I think Miami has when it comes to popularity and everything like that, you know. Like I said, they have the colorful uniforms. They have they have the location. I mean, where, where are you going? Are you going to think Miami? Who, who's going? To, who's going to where? Miami or Connecticut? You know, no yeah. one's going to Coral Gables or Scores. Right. <laughs> but UConn is what the only four, the only top four seed still around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is that is correct. San Diego State's a five. Miami's a five. Florida Atlantic is a nine. Miami is a five, and UConn's the highest seed at four. Yeah. This, so, I, I don't know if we've ever seen that before either. Yeah, because not only do we have a number, no number one seeds, we have no number two seeds, we have no number three seeds. They're all knocked out. That's amazing to me. Yeah. And who's the coach of the Miami Hurricanes? It's Jim Laranega, the same Jim Laranega who led George Mason. To that unbelievable run back in, I believe, 2002 or 2003. Yeah, and now that the the men's Final Four is set, we can turn our attention to the women's Final Four as their Elite Eight games start right now. Uh, Miami and LSU is first up. Miami up by one as the first quarter is about ready to come to an end. Eight to seven over the third-seeded LSU Tigers. Uh, Two games tonight. After that one, we're going to have Louisville, a five-seed, against Iowa, a two-seed. And then the real action will be tomorrow, one and two, South Carolina and Maryland. And then after that, it'll be one and three, Virginia Tech and Ohio State. And I remember we were saying, oh, who's going to stop UConn? Well, the answer to that is Ohio State. Beat him yesterday, 73-61. Beat him by 12. And Virginia Tech dispatched Tennessee. So, again, it's with the exception of South Carolina, a lot of these teams that are still around are also relative newcomers in, in the upper echelons 
of women's college basketball. I still think I still think South Carolina has got the buzzsaw mentality to basically go through any and all obstacles in its path. And now that UConn, the Lady Huskies, are out, I certainly think that their path to the finals definitely got a little bit easier. Uh, but again, now it looks like we're setting up for a South Carolina-Virginia Tech uh, national championship because they are the number, the only one seed still around. Bless you. Have we ever seen a run like that with you guys? Because I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, it's safe to say that you could be a college basketball fan and be 15 years old, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's simple for a 15 year old college basketball fan, right? Yeah. You have college basketball fans who, in their lifetime, they've never seen UConn women, Lady Husky. Not in the final four. That well, it's the you only thing. The only thing uh, anal- analogous to that would be John Wooden's UCLA teams in the late sixties, early seventies. When they when they okay. went what eight national titles in a row. Yeah, just complete total domination. Yeah. This is this year marks the first year that UConn has never made has not made the final four since two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. That was my first year at Georgia State. Okay. That's back when me, matter of fact, me and Daniel met back in about 07. Yes, we did. We yep. did. We met in school at Georgia State University. Yep. We've known each other. So we've known each other 16 years. 16 years. 16 years, man. And, and it's funny that you mention that because you know, I think Don Staley was one of the most classiest coaches you could ever be around. Mentioned that. Uh, that they're not going anywhere. UConn's not going anywhere, man. Listen, Ohio State just outplayed them in, in that game yesterday. And it was, it was stunning. It was stunning to watch because to not have Geno or Emma and UConn, you know, at least in the midst of that, because we thought that they would be the team. But listen, when they lost Paige Becker for the, at the beginning of the year, and they had a lot of other injuries, it was just, it, it, I don't know, I'm not going to say it wasn't bound to happen, but it, it, it's a, it was a possibility. But listen, UConn's going to reload, just like South Carolina will be. If, if there's anything I can say about the women's bracket, is that it's obvious. Yeah. The, the, word, the key word is obvious. If you've watched South Carolina and you watch the way that they play, you can, if you can tell, if you, if you watch the way that they're structured, and you watch how sound they are, they are well coached. You know, I admire Don Staley as a head coach. I, I admire her as a person in general. Um, she gets it. She understands the assignment, right? Right. And uh, it's just the, the way that they are. They are tall. They're lengthy. And they can shoot. So you're trying to you – know, I, I like what UCLA did in the first quarter. But the thing about South Carolina is that they make in-game adjustments. And that's why – they were able to be, yeah, okay, you're going to stop Aaliyah Boston, but y'all can get another big down there that, that can get things done, right? And then they got bigs on the outside that can shoot as well. So it's it's more of, of those things. I, I don't see anybody coming close to beating this team. I think they're going to walk through. They're going to have back-to-back unbeaten seasons, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to win the national title. 
and, and it's not going to even be close. And now that they have this success, and this is what Gino Oriema did so well, success builds upon success. This is what Gino Oriema did, what Nick Saban has done, what Kirby Smart is trying to do. Success builds upon success. The, the top players, they used to want to go to – they first off, they wanted to go to Knoxville. Then they wanted to, go, wanted to go to Storrs. Then they wanted to go to Waco. Now they want to go to Columbia. Right. So you, you get to the point where you really don't have to recruit. They're gonna, the top players are going to find you because they want a taste of that national title, of that national title glory. And they know that going to you is, would be the best place to get it. All right, I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. We're attempting Zoom for our recording. Hopefully, we'll be moving into live recording and live uh, playback of our last three guys do a podcast again. It's just baby steps. It's baby steps, but this is a significant upgrade in what we've done. Let's turn our attention to the NBA for our last 10 minutes, and we're going to talk about Leon's Lakers simply because it's so much fun to talk about Leon's Lakers. Um and especially today, and especially today, LeBron James. Oh, okay, yeah. He, I think Leon knew what we were about to do, and he dropped. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to be coming. I'm sure he'll be calling back in in a moment because LeBron. Because I always like listening to Leon talk about his Lakers, especially now that LeBron is back in the lineup. And but his Lakers lost by ten points. To the Chicago Bulls, one eighteen to one oh eight. The Atlanta Hawks—they're basically, I would say, that when you, Daniel, when I say mediocre, what do you come up with? What what is your yeah. what is your definition of mediocre? Is your definition because here's my definition um, of mediocre. My definition of mediocre is a five hundred okay. team. That's my definition. Rightfully so. And the Atlanta Hawks have set the record for most games played within one game of 500 in, this, in a season. They have spent 26 games within one game of 500. So to me, that is the definition of a mediocre club. I can't tell you I disagree with that. I, I can't tell you I disagree with that at all, man. I, I agree with it 100%. But this is what they've been playing like, man. They they played like a mediocre team. And when you play like that, you will get mediocre results, right? Mm-hmm. Luckily for them, it's teams that are playing below average, right above them. Toronto, uh, below them, I'm sorry. Toronto is 36 and 38. Chicago's 36 and 38. Uh, Washington is eight games under 500. The Pacers are nine games under 500. So, you know, they're fortunate to be in the position that they're in right now. You know? Yeah. And luckily for them, that's the case. Now, with the Hawks, they can still catch the six feet. I mean, Brooklyn doesn't have, have their stars anymore. Right. So, Brooklyn right now sitting at the 16 there half game up on Miami. Miami got uh, you know, my Miami, I'm I'm a little stunned that they're right there at the play in tournament. I, I thought they would be a little bit better than what they were. 
But man, I tell you what, John, you, you hit that right on the money. I mean, they are a mediocre team, but I also believe that they are a fortunate team. And the problem, and the thing it is, I, I think it, a team like Atlanta shouldn't even be playing in a playing tournament. To yeah, be honest with you. that's the problem. A mediocre in in today's NBA, mediocre clubs are rewarded, if you want to call it that, with the play in tournament. That's that's the thing. Oh, the, right. And the play in tournament is supposed to kind of weed out the mediocre squads. It's supposed to really reward playing well coming into the end of the season. If a team is charging up, that's what this play in tournament is going to reward. Yeah, but to the to the NBA to the NBA's credit, you know, I know you guys want to just deep down the play in tournament. Remember the first. The first critic of the playing tournament, the first big name critic of the playing tournament was LeBron James, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. it was. Who made, but then, understand this, there was a tongue-in-cheek criticism. Because the playing tournament, I believe the NBA credit was because the Lakers were so bad that year. Mm-hmm. we got to have LeBron in the playoffs. So we're going to find so a way to get him in. They kind of sprung this idea out of nowhere. Have we ever heard of a playing tournament? You know what I'm saying? So, and, they, and, and also helping the matter was that they were playing in a bubble. Everyone was there to begin with. It's not like we had to travel in. Every, everyone's, everyone was there. I think the playing tournament was created two years ago. At, at the year after the bubble. Because the Lakers were so... Was it two years no, ago? No, they had to play in the bubble. They, they had to play in the bubble. Oh, we did? Yes. I yeah, because it was before. like... Yeah, it was like 12 teams that actually got to the bubble and then you had the play-in tournament. And that's when they introduced the play-in tournament. Yes, like and I said, everyone's there to begin with, so why not play? Right, facts. And a big game for the Hawks tonight as they host Memphis. And if, if Memphis has John Morant, that's hell. Yeah, they do. Not only yet, they're gonna add that. Yeah, the the late um, who, who the, I think the, I don't think the Lakers played all the time. The Lakers lost by ten to the Bulls. No, they, they had Chicago today. Yep, they, they lost by ten. LeBron played. He came off the bench. Yeah, we lost that. We lost that game. So, and that was with LeBron's come. That was after LeBron's comeback game. So, you know, we're gonna see how that if, if that can translate into better seasons. I don't think that the Lakers will be catching a sixteen too late in the season. No, the Lakers we got about what, two no. three weeks left? Three weeks left in the regular season? That sound about right? Yeah. And unless unless yeah, unless the Lakers catch unless I think they catch fire mm-hmm. beyond you know, which I don't think it's gonna happen. You know, we'll we we're, we're desperate for the playing tournament in I I mean, anything can happen, but I don't think there'll be a, there, there won't be any kind of March Madness. There, there'll be little to no March Madness in, in the NBA playoffs. Right. Here's the problem that I have with that: that that the Lakers won't be able to catch the six seed. And I agree with you, Leon. But here's the problem with the Lakers not being able to catch the six seed. Do you see where they are in the standings? They're only two games out of six. Only yeah. two and a half out of fourth place. Right. This team is close, but it's like I mentioned to you a month ago. They've been like this for two months now. <laughs> and it's just, 
they just cannot find a level of consistency that has teams above them that's not giving them any help. And then they're really not helping themselves. Like they they they're losing games that they need to be winning. And with Chicago, which is again like John mentioned, I, I consider Chicago a mediocre team. But that's but but the Lakers are a talented playoff roster. They are a top six roster easily and they're playing and they play mediocre basketball. And I don't care how many times you switch it up and you and you try to put put the right talent around each other. You still have to go out there and perform. You still have to go out there and make buckets. Play. It's not gonna be handed to you because you're the Lakers and LeBron is on. You know, yeah. and, and that's the thing with the Lakers right now. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, the Lakers have only had about one win streak this year, which is largely the result of why we're even in the ninth seed right now. And it's crazy how, at one point, I mean, I don't know how long this playing tournament stuff is going to last. They might, I, I think it's going to last. I, I think they're going to wait till LeBron retires. Then, like, oh yeah, we're going to get back <laughs> to the regular. They're, they're going to get. They're, it's going, they're going to take it back to the regular, the regular schedule programming. But it's hard to imagine where, me, like, they're rewarding mediocre behavior, you know. And I, I and I believe that this is largely about the owners because the mm-hmm. owners want some of that playoff. They want some, some type of playoff revenue. So right, if you if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder and you're in a tenth spot, there's still you know. As I guess the owner is like, hey, I can still give you some type of playoff revenue with this, with, with a playoff game, you know. But the, it's just it's just too much inconsistent behavior out the Lakers, you know. And another team that I'm disappointed in that should have made a they, they should have made a run, like is the New Orleans Pelicans. I thought the New Orleans Pelicans have been a lot better than what they are, especially with the way they built that team. With adding C.J. McCullough, you know, with Zion Williamson was supposed to be a transcendent talent already, but he can't stay healthy. I like what Brandon Ingram has become, but it's like they just haven't been able to take that next step like the Memphis Grizzlies have. Like, I mean, think about it. The Sacramento Kings have. You know, we, we, we Mike seen, Brown is the coach of the year, easily. Easy. These guys are 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 threat. These guys are a threat. The Aaron Fox has come into his own. I mean, yep. I thought they were going to. I, I didn't think it was a good move to get rid of Buddy Hill, but hey, it worked. It, it, it worked out for him. Yep. So, who to go to them? But yeah, man, it, it's like the the Northern Pelicans, man. You know, even you know. Mm. And it's not just them. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Remember, they made a big acquisition to offseason for Rudy Gobert. That was supposed to work dividends for them. Mm-hmm. It hasn't translated into a high seed. So, you know, there's just a lot going on. And one last, you know, I want to make it, I know I'm going to talk about the Western Conference right now, but well, this Andrew Wiggins absence really doomed Golden State to not be able to defend their title. I think it will. I think it will, too. But my goodness, Golden State, I, 
I've never seen a team that plays as terrible as they do, and they're the defending champions on the road. But yeah. they seem to pick it up when they're at home. Like that's just not that's not fair to them. It's not fair to your fan to to your fan base. You're nine and twenty nine away from home, and you're thirty and seven when you step on your own court. Man, that's just that's just big, man. That is big that you're helter skelter on uh, in in different arenas except for your own. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, it, it, at, at some point of time, you still, it, it's like they lose their identity when they go on the road. And that, that to me, just, it, it's alarming to me. Because if Golden State, because <coughs> Golden State needs to be a top four seed in order for them to get somewhere. Yep. Because if they don't have home court advantage, guys, they're not going anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. title at least they did you know one thing you have to say your window is closed but hey at least you got at least you got that championship parade at least you got that those rings someone else's turn. Will it be Denver? Will it be Sacramento? Will it be Memphis for that Western Conference title? Who's to say? We'll find out in a couple months. But for now, we're going to leave it here. I'm John Morgan for Daniel and Leon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Last Three Guys Do a Podcast. Uh, like that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We're still at three. Three subscriptions. And I think it's the three of us who have subscribed for the three subscribers. So we want to try to get four, maybe five. Again, we're going to be back with you next week. Daniel will be on a cruise and I just want to say that I will be on this Friday at the call ESPN Plus at Panthersville, Georgia State Baseball. They take on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. That will be on ESPN Plus. I hope you can join us for that one. So for everybody, thank you so much. We'll be talking the more national title NCAA, more NBA, and also Major League Baseball. Opening day is Thursday, so catch that right here on the last three guys do a podcast.